think it's really important for me to treat people the way I would want to be treated just as a leader and a manager. But I've actually also found it really helps as we build out the product. Like I actually want as a consumer and a customer, I know how I want to be treated by a brand. I want that personalization. I want that immediacy. And so we're really trying to build something that uh, helps with that. It's a personal itch that I have, you know, that we're trying to solve. This is the CMO and Joe podcast. We interview today's most inspiring chief marketing officers and savvy marketers of lucrative direct-to-consumer companies, bringing you insightful stories and tips on marketing, sales, branding, and much more. We bring you the best lessons from the best. Let's get started with your host, Joe Momo. I'm really excited to have my next guest on the podcast. He's the co-founder and CEO at Haymarket. Um, welcome to the podcast. I met Cal Kenley. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah. So before we jump into some uh, really juicy topics, like uh, how to build thought leadership and how to connect with uh, customers through meaningful conversations, uh, perhaps you could tell us um, how you got to where you are today and uh, what you currently do. Uh, yeah, sure. Happy to share a little bit about my background. Um, yeah, my name is Amit, and I'm one of the co-founders and the CEO here at Haymarket. Um, we're a conversational customer engagement app. So we basically help businesses uh, engage with their customers over messaging. Um, and yeah, so you know, a little bit about me. I uh, started off you know, uh, as a little kid uh, coding here and there. I started off with video games and graduated to coding. I went to engineering school. Um, I actually have spent a good portion of my career in product management. I think, you know, through the years I learned as much as I love software, what I really enjoy is talking to customers, understanding what their problems are, and then building products to solve those problems. So usually software products, sometimes in my career, I've worked on hardware products. Um, but yeah, I moved out here to the Bay Area, got the startup bug like most people out here and uh, started working at startups. Um, uh, me and some co-founders started a company in 2008. Uh, our timing was impeccable with starting a business, uh, but we were really passionate about the problem. Um, but yeah, we built a, uh, a social productivity app called Minimoon, uh, which was basically like a, an online project management app. Uh, that company did really well, You know, mostly sold to small businesses. Uh, it was ultimately acquired by Salesforce in 2011. Uh, learned a ton at Salesforce, You know, did Dreamforce, uh, which is a phenomenal experience. Uh, met some really great people there. And uh, yeah, I uh, took a little bit of time off after Salesforce to recharge and then got back at it with a new company called Haymarket um, recently. Awesome. Yeah. So you guys are always hiring. So it seems like you guys are crazy growth. Uh, so I'm sure yeah. that comes with uh, a lot of uh, excitement there. Uh, so one thing I really love about Haymarket, or at least the messaging, is that a great conversation has the power to start, strengthen, and grow relationships. And I mean, that's one of the reasons why I have a podcast. I think there's always uh, power in people's stories and conversations. But uh, for you personally, or I guess from your perspective, how do you um, build that uh, thought leadership or uh, connect with customers with that conversation? Yeah, you know, I think um, so specifically between like us and our customers, but also like the customers we work with, work with we're you know, selling to brands or companies. And, you know, um, you know, the way we've been successful in building that thought leadership is, you know, I think first and foremost, you know, we, over the years, we've accumulated a lot of knowledge around how 
organizations use messaging with their customers? Because I think, you know, we're all used to messaging with our friends and families um, with for businesses for in many cases, when they turn on messaging alongside email and phone calls, it's really their first time doing that. And so while they're interested in, the, in a tool that can do it, what they really want some guidance on is what are best practices. Like if I'm a retailer, you're really interested in how, they're really interested in how other retailers are using messaging, especially post COVID for things like curbside pickup and returns and answering questions, you know, which is actually quite different than an e-commerce company, which is you know, very different than a healthcare company. And so I think over the years, we've you know, accumulated a lot of knowledge through some real world examples of working with customers. And um, you know, we've taken it upon ourselves uh, to make sure that everyone in the company, you know, whether you're in marketing, building content, sales, talking to you know prospects, you know, customer success support, like working with you know new customers and answering their questions, we want everyone in the company to be a subject matter expert in business messaging and really use their role as an opportunity to share best practices with customers. So, you know, for us, it's really around distilling those those day-to-day customer examples uh, or experiences and then distilling them into best practices that we share. And we share that in the form of, you know, blog posts, you know, whenever our, you know, uh, sales team members are doing demos, you know, a good portion of the demo is actually just sharing best practices and asking questions of the customer and sharing, you know, lessons that we've learned from other businesses. Um, Yeah. So I saw you're actually a speaker at Inbounds, which is pretty, pretty neat. Uh, one of the topics you covered was uh, texting versus email uh, for sales. Uh, so just speaking on, speaking on sales, uh, it's kind of a segue. Uh, how do you use each of those channels or what's sort of the best practice for that with connecting with customers? Yeah, yeah. Sales, um, I would say sales in particular, uh, there's been a massive amount of innovation over the past several years with the kinds of tools that are available to salespeople uh, to use to engage with customers. And I think back in the day, it was a lot of, especially pre-COVID, it was a lot of like in-person meetings, you know, presentations, you know, post-COVID, and of course, using like a robust CRM. Uh, but post-COVID, salespeople, you know, one, everyone's very busy, at, you know, post-COVID. I think the, the line between our personal lives and work lives are very much blurred. And so as a salesperson, it becomes really important to be able to, you know, sort of punch through the noise and, you know, ensure that your prospects and leads like hear from you uh, and they're getting value out of the conversation with you. And so definitely continuing to use email is one component to that. Um, Using phone calls is a component to that. Um, A lot of the sales teams that we work with uh, augment all of that with messaging. And so there are certain uh, stages in the sales flow you know, where it totally makes sense to send an introductory email uh, and then maybe graduate uh, from there to like an introductory Zoom or phone call uh, to get to know each other and understand the customer's requirements. Um, but then really once you get to know the, the customer, um, you know, we've a lot of our, uh, the sales teams I work with Haymarket, I found texting is a really effective way to engage uh, with leads or prospects. So especially during some of the stages like objection handling, you know, where they're evaluating a few vendors and they might have, you know, some, you know, one-off questions here and there that they want to ask of you and the other vendors. It's really easy for them to text it, text in that question to you or shared inbox with you and maybe your supporting SE or sales manager so that anyone can read the message and reply. And with texting, you know, you can not only immediately get the message, but you can immediately reply. And, you know, we found that in a lot of sales opportunities, you know, the vendor that is not only the most knowledgeable, but the one that most quickly gets back to prospects uh, has the best shot of winning the uh, winning the deal. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like each 
each uh, channel almost has its own specific purpose in the different stages of the sales funnel. So um, that's that's quite interesting. In terms of your background, you've been a part of many successful brands. Uh, I'd be curious to know from your from your perspective, what are your favorite components of a successful brand? Yeah, you know, I because of my background in engineering and product management, I really love brands um, that really invest in building a great product or service that solves a real problem for customers, but is also clearly differentiated in the market. Um, yeah, I think also brands that invest in that early on, um, it makes go to market significantly easier um, because you have like a product that's like ready to sell that like customers naturally gravitate to. Um, and so I love brands uh, that are able to do that. And so, you know, some of the brands that come to mind that I think are really effective with that, you know, one of them is uh, it's a partner of ours. Uh, it's a company by the, the name of, by the name of Aircall. Um, have a, you know, cloud-based uh, uh, voice service. I think it's like, it's an amazing product, uh, a really modern, if you were to like build a new voice system from the ground up with a modern tech stack, modern UI, modern capabilities, like AirCall is what you would build. And it works really well with a lot of different kinds of departments of sales, support, operations, but they really invested in a great product that clearly is like differentiated in the market. And, um, and uh, attracts a lot of customers on its own. And it just makes everything else uh, really easy. Yeah, and then another brand that also comes to mind is um, iRobot, uh, the makers of the Roomba vacuum cleaner. I think it's like, you know, when it, you know, I think the first time any of us found out about it, it seemed like such a novel concept, almost to the point of being like science fiction, like, can this actually be possible? Um, but they clearly invested in like great technology. It solves a very clear problem that we all have, especially post-COVID, we're all at home, like all the time. And it it has just clearly just resonated with the market. And I think it just makes everything else for them in terms of their marketing and sales so much easier to be built off this like amazing product and technology that they pioneered. It sounds almost being product first and having that uh, great product do all the legwork in terms of attracting customers and uh, attention to your brand. So I'm always curious to ask my guests that come on the podcast, what sort of things do you read or listen to that's really inspired you in your journey uh, in entrepreneurship and uh, building uh, your companies? Yeah, yeah. I would say uh, I'll talk a little bit about what I've listened to in the past or read in the past and also what I'm listening to or something I'm reading now that I found really interesting. Um, you know, I think when, especially at my very first startup, uh, you know, on the bus ride to our office downtown, I would listen to podcasts about entrepreneurship. Uh, I think Two that really came to mind that come to mind that I found really helpful. One was um, by someone by the name of Steve Blank. He's a he's a very prolific uh, angel investor here in the Bay Area, and he really popularized the concept of customer development. Um, you know, so he sort of had this feeling that you know startups are very unique. They're not just big companies shrunk down. Like it doesn't make sense for like a brand new startup to have a sales team, a marketing team, engineering team, customer support team. He's like, you really have two teams. You have a team that's talking to customers and supporting customers and a team that's building the product. And everyone in the company at a very early stage should be in one of those teams. Sometimes they're in both and you're just sort of learning constantly from customer conversations and iterating. And so he actually um, taught a series of classes at University of California, Berkeley around what he called customer development and actually recorded them and into a really, I found, useful set of podcasts that I used for a lot of inspiration um, early on. And um, 
a lot of what he talks, uh, what he talked about then, you know, um, you know, you see in things like Lean Startup by Eric Ries. Um, it's a really, you know, pretty popular framework now for thinking about how to build a startup, especially software startups. Um, the other one that I also found really useful early in my career was um, something called Stanford ETL, Entrepreneurial Thought Leaders. Uh, also a podcast that's available online. Um, it's basically a course at Stanford, uh, but anyone can listen to the lectures. Uh, and they would bring in, you know, uh, founders and executives of companies that sort of grew up from startups into being very large. So they actually, you know, did, uh, you know, uh, talks from like Mark Zuckerberg, uh, the CEO and co-founder of NVIDIA. Um, like, and they would have very frank conversations about what those companies were like in the very early days, you know, which, you know, when you're starting a company, um, it's really nice to hear that even these big companies, you know, at some point, and these leaders had the same challenges um, that you're having right now. Um, yeah. And then like, I, I read uh, a fair amount. So like a book that I uh, have been reading recently that I found really helpful is called Sapiens. Um, you know, it's really about sort of the history of, of humankind. And I think one of the things that's really fascinating about it is like so much of what we uh, take for granted in this world was actually created by other humans. And, you know, as a startup and as a founder, a lot of what our role is, is or a lot of our job is to sort of like uh, challenge those norms. And so when I think about messaging and Haymarket in particular, I think we all assume like, you know, sales teams should always use phone calls. And that makes sense. And they should always use emails. And I think, you know, we're saying there is a place for phone calls. There's a place for emails, but there's also a place for messaging this whole new thing. And let's figure out a way to do that together, together to create a better uh, customer experience. Mm, there's a place for everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things you mentioned was challenges and having those frank conversations about challenges and entrepreneurship and building your startup. I'm curious, what sort of challenges have you experienced building out, uh, whether it be your previous startup at Manny Moon or uh, Haymarket uh, today? What sort of um, things you go through, barriers or um, yeah, challenges that you've uh, overcome? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, here at Haymarket, um, the challenge, probably the one of the larger challenges early on was really um, proving a need for the product, I would say. Um, like I was mentioning earlier, for a, I think a lot of businesses instinctively know that they need to use messaging with their customers because their customers are coming to them and saying, hey, I would love to text you. Or sometimes they're texting um, you know, individual employees in, in the business. And, you know, I think for a lot of companies, they know their employees are doing it. They're turning a blind eye because, you know, it's better for the customer, it's better for the employee, but there's obviously a bunch of security and privacy issues. It's not well integrated into existing systems. But one thing we found is that, you know, a lot of businesses and organizations, at least early on when we started, it's different now. But when we started, I think a lot of companies didn't know that tools like Haymarket could exist even. And so, you know, for us, um, when we, we had built a great product, you know, anyone we showed it to was like, this is great. You know, where do I sign up? I think part of the challenge was sort of how do we get the word out to let people know that, you know, a tool like Haymarket exists, that there is a more professional way to message as a business with customers. And so, um, you know, we took it upon ourselves, you know, uh, through like a lot of, through a lot of those early learnings we got from all those early customers you know, we started investing, you know, at that time I was doing all the demos. So I was in demos all day, every day with customers and <laughs> learned a ton. Obviously that's not scalable for me to be doing demos, you know, all day, every day, forever. And so we had this idea of let's get those best practices out of my head, one of my co-founders heads, 
And let's get those in best practices into the form of like blog posts and customer success stories and various like industry specific landing pages. Um, and we found posting those online and sharing them was like a really great and very efficient way to share those best practices. And I think that sort of got flywheel going where a lot of these businesses, you know, the early challenge again was like these businesses knowing that a tool like Kmart could exist, they could like actually do a search online and say like retailers, you know, business messaging, and they could see one of our blog posts and actually see and read about how other retailers are doing that and learn from them. Um, and we found that was super helpful. Mm. It sounds like putting out content and really having, like you said, having that information in your head onto, uh, onto some blog posts online is a much more scalable way than doing uh, yeah. <laughs> product demos. Uh, but uh, has there been any... Outside of blog posts on the website, has there been any social media platforms that you've used to really amplify the message out there that's been successful? Yeah, yeah. You know, I would say um, LinkedIn has been pretty uh, helpful for us uh, as well. Um, you know, we're, we're primarily, we are selling to businesses. And so a lot of those users are, are on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'd say that's actually one of the things I've noticed. You know, I've started two companies now, um, and one of the you know many moon was started in 2008. Market was launched in 2016, and then, you know, in just those like eight short years, a lot has changed with social media, as we all know. You know, I think back in 2008, you know, you could post something on social media regularly and get a fair amount of followers, just because there weren't as many people around. Um, but in 2016, there's a lot more competition, you know, just a lot more content available and a lot more people buying for a lot more services and, you know, content creators buying for people's attention. So that's what we found with Haymarket. You know, with Many Moon, we were very product, like, like Haymarket, we're, in both cases, we're product focused. But with Many Moon, social media posts we did online were, here's a new feature we built. Let us know what you think. Uh, there wasn't a lot of thought leadership. Whereas with Haymarket, we found it's been really important to share those thought leadership uh, pieces online. I agree. Gone are the days of the, the organic reach being so good and juicy on uh, social media platforms. Now it's very saturated with content, so you have to be a little bit more precise and try and cut through cut through the noise. Um, what's maybe one thing that Haymarket does that we haven't talked about, or maybe most people don't really know about that you'd love to share on on the podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I think. Um... One thing that sort of surprised us after we started to get a fair amount of traction with Haymarket as we spoke with our customers, and you know, these are businesses of all sizes, um, but a lot of larger businesses. I think one of the things that surprised us was just how much uh, that how much Haymarket actually drove their uh, loyalty from their customers. You know, I think we always sort of had this, we've always had this belief uh, at Haymarket that, you know, messaging is an inherently different form of communication than email and phone calls. You know, it sort of has like, it sort of, to, to, to us, it has like the best characteristics of both. It has like the immediacy and the personalization of phone calls, but it has like sort of that asynchronous multitasking capability, the capabilities of email. But, you know, with messaging, we're so used to using messaging with friends and family. Like when you're messaging someone, you're pinging the phone that's in their pocket or their purse, and they pull it out and they expect a friend or family member. And we think, you know, for that reason, it's really important if you're a business and you're going to start messaging, it's really important to have really personalized messages. Um, and ideally coming from a human being at the business or the brand. Um, and it, you'll just get a much better response rate from your customers 
And one of the effects we saw downstream from that was a lot of the, our customers that use Haymarket uh, to message with their businesses, they sort of found that the customer that they message with have this like much higher loyalty to the brand and to the brand's products and services over time than the customers who they don't message with. And I think that's been a really like pleasant surprise for us to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like personalization is uh, almost the king of connecting with customers because nobody really wants at the end of the day to be bombarded by spammer or bots. So yeah. <laughs> that personalization Absolutely. is key. Yeah. What's, uh, what's maybe something that you're proud of that we haven't touched on in the interview so far? Um, you know, I think we are, the thing I'm probably most proud of um, is really the, the reaction we've gotten from customers around the product. You know, I think if you, you know, go to some online sites and read the reviews about Haymarket, and we actually did this as an exercise, uh, there's just a lot of very positive reviews around uh, just like around customer happiness. You know, customers love the product, which, you know, as someone and the rest of the team, you know, we've invested a ton in building a great product and sharing best practices around, you know, the product. It's just very fulfilling to see customers get value out of it and be happy around it. Um, yeah, so we actually did this exercise where we, you know, looked at all of our reviews online and we like took all the words and put them into a tag cloud. And the number one word that came out was easy, uh, which was great for us to see. Um, so yeah, we're really, we're really proud of, proud of that. Mm, I, I love that easy, uh, intuitive. I mean, those things are very important uh, around, around products, especially uh, software products. I mean, I always like to ask this question. What's maybe one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be, would be asked? Mm, well, you know, it's definitely a question that I think about a lot. Like it's, uh, you know, I've worked at three startups, two of which I've co-founded. And I think one question I spent a lot of time thinking about is like, what is the hardest thing about starting a company the second time? Um, because I think after you, you know, worked at a startup and you know, that, that my first startup did really, it did well. It was a great experience, you know, learned a ton at Salesforce. You know, I think I sort of naively thought the second time would be easier. Um, and I think one of the, something I learned uh, over the years here at Haymarket is you really do need to have a beginner's mindset, uh, especially with your second startup uh, or second endeavor. Just because like the world is changing so rapidly um, technology is changing really rapidly that a lot of the ways that you build products, you know, the, the technologies you use, the, the go-to-market channels you use, the sales methods, all of this stuff is changing like every few years. And so you yourself as not just a founder, but everyone on the team, you know, really need to have like a beginner's mindset, almost like every year, like revisit, like what is working, what's not working, you know, you know, what do customers like, how are customers finding out about new products and services today? How do they want to get support? It's it almost, I feel almost feel like every year you need to revisit that and challenge yourself. So I would say that's probably been like the hardest thing the second time around with uh, starting the company. No, I appreciate you sharing that. That's uh, quite fascinating. What's, uh, what's maybe something that's, I only have a couple more questions here for you, but what's, what's mm-hmm. maybe next for Amit in the Haymarket? Yeah, we're hiring a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, in the Bay Area, across the U.S., even in Canada. So really excited about that. It's always fun to you know have new team members join. Uh, you know, each one brings a different perspective and a and a and a new kind of energy to the team, uh, which I love. 
Um, you know, I think from a product perspective and even company direction perspective, the thing that we're really excited about and something we've been working on for a while is around leveraging machine learning um, with messaging. You know, I think there is a ton of really, uh, really interesting insights to be had out of the content of the messages themselves. And so, you know, we think by leveraging uh, machine learning, we can help businesses, you know, more, not only more efficiently uh, answer customer questions over messaging, but actually do it in a way that improves uh, customer satisfaction as well. Um, and so that's something that we're investing up there in and something um, I'm, we're all really excited about uh, releasing soon. That's exciting. I'll uh, make sure to keep an eye out for all the awesome things you guys are going to be coming up with in the in the future here. Uh, but I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Uh, where yeah. can our listeners connect with you online if they want to connect with you? Um, they can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, search for Amit uh, A M I T Kulkarni K U L K A R N I at Haymarket. Awesome. And I'll put those uh, links in the show notes. So you guys go reach out. Um, yeah, again, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I like to end the podcast uh, with one more question. Uh, this is the marketing and branding podcast. So what is one word or phrase that you would use to describe Amit Kulkarni's brand? Uh, what I have heard from uh, a lot of the people I work with is uh, empathy. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I just think a lot about, I've been fortunate in my career to have been treated really well uh, by a lot of uh, people who had more experience than me. And I think it's really important for me to treat people the way I would want to be treated, um, just as a leader and a manager. But I've actually also found uh, it really helps as we build out the product. Like I actually want, you know, as a consumer and a customer, I, I know how I want to be treated by a brand. I want that personalization. I want that immediacy. And so we're really trying to build something that uh, helps with that. It's a personal itch that I have, you know, that we're trying to solve. Hi, I'm Amit Kulkarni, and you're listening to Joe Momo Presents. This episode of the CMO and Joe podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more business strategies and tactics to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always dreamed of. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.